Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chiefly Football. Welcome to another episode of Chiefly Football. We have Staten and Marcus, and we're talking Kansas City Chiefs 15 and 1. Had a couple of days to digest a crazy Miami Dolphin game. Marcus, Staten, I can't wait to hear what you all have to say. Marcus, get us started, brother. Oh, fun game. Fun game. Um, do like the Dolphins as a young and up-and-coming team, but, man, I was never worried. Even two interceptions in the first quarter uh, from Patrick Mahomes going into the game, the question was, can the Dolphins score enough to keep pace? The answer is, um, I do like their defense. They're, they look a lot like a young Patriots team, the uh, Dolphins do. But, man, when you have 15, he's gravy. When the turkey's dry, pour gravy on it, right? <laughs> when the potatoes are overdone, put gravy on it. And, and Mahomes is gravy. And, man, we are so blessed. So blessed. Yeah. And worried about the defense, but I'm happy. Stajan, what was your initial thoughts as that game was unfolding? Yeah, really expected Patty to go out there and, you know, handle his business as, as he usually does. Um, we knew the Dolphins' defense, especially their secondary, is pretty strong going into it. Xavier Howard was leading the league with interceptions, and he is continuing. I think it's a five-game five streak that he has with, with an interception. Um, but just like Marcus said, I was never worried that we were going to lose that game. It's just the confidence that I have in Patrick Mahomes and his ability to lead us down the field. With his you know, game total of three interceptions, and his 30-yard sack that he incurred in the first quarter, I mean, it was it just felt like everything that could have gone wrong for us in the beginning of that game went wrong. And I still was was really confident that we were going to pull through. And that's against an 8-4 and four Dolphins team. Obviously, I know that the Dolphins were missing a couple of their running backs, uh, Matt Breida and Gaskin and uh, Giusecki got hurt uh, in the fourth quarter as well. But even then, I, I don't think those are really game changers. It does help to have a have a uh, a running presence, but I, I just don't think that any of those players would have would have really changed the outcome of the game. And we were in control. Obviously, the the scoreboard looks a little bit closer than I think it was. Um, our defense gave up a couple garbage uh, garbage time points, but we right. were in control most of that game. Yeah. So let's there. There is so much to digest from from this game, and one of the statements are reactionary uh, <laughs> to, to some of to some of uh, the results because I, I'm still in, in Mahomes is the logic on its head traditional football, and oh, yeah. I think Staten could attest this one. There was never any. You know, there was it's a fun game any, to watch. Yeah, it fun was game just, to watch. I I can honestly tell you when. Mahomes turn and ran, <laughs> and lucky he went down at the three because he might have gone into the end zone to try to get away. <laughs> I couldn't do anything but just laugh. That was that was so absurd. You know, I didn't know what to make of it. And we weren't even mad when it happened. And and we it weren't was kind of funny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, okay. So I've just I got to share this. This was this is from SB Nation on the Chiefs side. We only have detailed play-by-play data going back to 1994, but there does not look like there was a 30-yard sack in before then. The closest that the guy could find was uh, for the Arizona Cardinals in like 1997. And Stoney Case had came in because Kent Graham had been getting annihilated by the Giants' defense. And so Stoney Case, I think I had his football card, was sacked 
there was no play-by-play, so he wasn't able to look at it based on on uh, news archives that there was a fumble involved. <laughs> so, so at some point, the you know he, it was inferred that in order to lose thirty yards, there had to be a fumble. But you oh, know, yeah, <laughs> one of the things that he said was that this is how, and I'm, I'm got to give the kudos to to the writer Graham McCarry, and this is how this is the last paragraphs, and he was just talking about everything that Mahomes was able to shrug off in that games. And he says, Mahomes, of course, did shrug off the huge sack and two first quarter interceptions coming back to beat the Dolphins 33-27. Man so good at football that he can set a literal record for football ineptitude and still pick your defense to shreds a few plays later. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? When When you've got the greatest football player that – I have ever seen. What more can I mean? Tua will be good, but when you watch him up next to Patrick Mahomes, uh, wow. And and brother, I think that's kind of where a lot of teams are with our speed, right? I think the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers are getting used to our speed. But you take a team that the Chiefs haven't played before, and you see Tyreek streaking for touchdown passes. Which, by the way, it looked like that ball stopped in midair at the goal line. That was just a beautiful throw by Mahomes. It looked like he overthrew him at That's, first. That, we thought the same thing, didn't we? Oh, like, he chucked that one. Then it looked like it just stopped at the goal line. That was amazing. But, you know, you look at this, and they're just on another level. Dan Orlovsky nailed it on Get Up uh, yesterday. He said they're rewriting the how-to book of football. You don't turn the ball over four times, and Chiefs do. You don't take 30-yard sacks. Chiefs do, right? Third and 18. Do you realize they've converted 40% of third and 15? You don't do that. Chiefs do. And, man, as you look, now, good game last night, Cleveland-Baltimore, but as you look, every team I'm watching, I don't think there's a team that can hang with these. Maybe I have my homer glasses on. But, yeah, David, you nailed it. When you take a look at what this kid's doing at quarterback, the vision, the field, the throws. I mean, he backpedals for 10 yards and throws it for 20 for a first down. This isn't in the NFL rule book or playbook. This isn't how it's supposed to go, and it's so fun, so fun. So so he's taking traditional football logic, twisting it around. But the other thing that he's doing, and Staten and Ken Locke address this a lot, especially when they're talking, when they hear us complaining about everything, you know, all, all, the, all the shortcomings that we're seeing in a game that their perspective is don't worry. Yeah. Patrick will win. You don't have a heartbreak. Staten, should we be buying into that, that this is, that this isn't going to end that regardless of what happens, Mahomes, <laughs> is, as you say, in Mahomes, we trust. I think that I might save this podcast and listen to it every day for the rest of my life. If this is the turning point, where you can finally understand that Patty will take us to the promised land and he will put us in Super Bowl contention every year. Obviously, you guys know that. But game in and game out, Patty can have a terrible game, three interceptions, 30-yard sack, and he will still have a better quarterback rating than the opposing quarterback by double. And It's MJ, right? It's MJ. It's, it's, it's unexplainable. It's, it's just like Dan Orlovsky said, he's rewriting the how-to book of, of football. So Staten, we know the, the three interceptions sack that <laughs> still makes me laugh just thinking about that. You, you know, 
if Staten or Marcus, if you were playing in a youth football game and you pulled that, you would be on the bench next year <laughs> for, for the rest of for the rest of the game. But he still he still went off for 393 yards passing. Uh, I mean, it was you know even when it got down to that, they go for it on fourth and one, and they hit Tyree. There was there was never and finally the light the light of Staten that. They will pull it. They will do it. They will do what they. I I enjoyed that game so much because I knew how it was going to end, regardless of how it started. Yeah, absolutely. And kudos to Andy Reid, right, for putting it in the not playing conservative, not punt, right? Because I think a year ago or a couple years ago, and definitely with Alex Smith, I think we punt there, right? Fourth and one, game on the line. Andy's going no. Have your best unit on the field at crunch time, and that's what he did. And I, I think this team is, I think they're ready, you know, and, and again, kudos to Andy Reid for going, now the conventional playbook is going to the shredder. You know, now we're redoing, and I'm to the point now, fourth and five, fourth and six, go for it. Unless you're at your own 20, just go for it. Keep your offense out there because, you know, this team, with the way Pittsburgh's looking and, and, and Cleveland lost again, brother, they may have a two, three-game lead this weekend for the number one seed. Just go out and have fun. Who cares, right? Just throw the ball around, have some fun. Yeah, and to, and to your point, Marcus, with, with the whole Andy Reid thing, you have to have a lot of confidence in your quarterback. When you see him have a first quarter like that, to just have him keep slinging the ball. Yeah. There's not a lot of other quarterbacks in the league, as you mentioned, where you know, you're, turn, you're throwing two interceptions, you know, you're taking a 30-yard sack, and you're telling the kid, go out there and just keep doing your thing. <laughs> Keep firing. Keep firing. <laughs> exactly. And, and when Patty threw those interceptions, honestly, it sounds crazy, but I was more hurt about his MVP race and how the stats are going to look than the actual game. Because I knew it wasn't really going to it wasn't really gonna hurt us in the game. Right. And props to our defense Same for that. But, I mean, just looking at the, at the statistics now, I'm just like, oh, man, I think Aaron Rodgers might kind of take the lead after this game. But obviously, but I, I, I'm – I'm I'm fairly confident that that Patrick will will take it back in the next couple of games. Oh, that that's exactly right. It wasn't game affecting. That wasn't my tension. My tension was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but it's fun, dude. It, it it's fun and you know, we were joking some guys and I were texting during the ball game and you know, they said we need a new, you know, some a couple linemen, we need this, we need that. And I said, "Guys, no you don't. You have Patrick, right?" And Quick quiz for you guys. Who's the top three quarterbacks in the AFC? Right now? Right now. Or uh, this year. Let's, let's say, who are your top three quarterbacks this year in the AFC? I'd say Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and it's kind of a drop-off after those two, honestly. Maybe, okay. maybe Lamar Jackson, but... Maybe Ben Roethlisberger, maybe. Oh, I'd, right? I'd probably say Deshaun Watson, actually, those top three. Okay. How about for the NFC? Rodgers. Rodgers, Breeze, and Brady. Okay. Wilson. Oh, Wilson. Sorry. I'd take Brady out there, put Wilson okay. in. Okay. And interchangeable, right? Take a look at the seeds of those two conferences for playoffs right now. AFC, one, Chiefs, right? Two, Roethlisberger. Three, Josh Allen, right? Take a look at the NFC seeds. Number one quarterback, Rodgers. Number one seed, Packers. Drew Brees, number two, right? Saints are the number two seed. Now, Roger, or excuse me, uh, Russell Wilson is not the three seed, but he's still in the playoffs. My point is teams go as their quarterback. And that's why I'm with I'm with you guys. I, I'm no longer watching games nervous anymore. Patrick, get us out of the fire. 
you're the top quarterback at football, go win a small. And I don't care. I mean, it was nice to see McCall Hardman return a kick. Um, it was nice to see the defense play a little better. But at the end of the day, we go as far as Patrick takes it. And I'm with you. I think there's a big drop-off. Once you get past Mahomes and Rodgers in respective conferences, there's a big drop-off. I expect to see the Packers and, and Chiefs in the Super Bowl because of the, because of the quarterback. And so we can enjoy the next five weeks of watching Chiefs ball. <laughs> You've got you know, the quarterback. One of the things, before we, before we kind of transition over to the defensive side, because we've been giving the offense the much-deserved love, uh, you know, one of the things that I was impressed with Andy's play calling is he, was, he didn't settle, right? We, we, right. That, that, that fourth and one. But even when we had piled up those points, he was going down on, on, on that last interception. Mahomes was driving into the end zone on thirty to ten on Hardman on Hardman's fumble. Mm-hmm. They were driving down, so it wasn't like we just all of a sudden started running the ball mm-hmm. and running out the clock. I mean, there, that was another fourteen points that should have been on the board, and and I yes. loved seeing that this you know this didn't get salted away because we tried to run out the clock. It. It had an issue, and that and and the Dolphins closed in because they caused turnovers while we were trying to put our foot on their throat, and I'm and I'm okay with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, especially with that. I mean, that Xavier Howard pick. That was. I mean, yes, it was a little underthrown, but that was a great, great catch that he made. I mean, that it was fantastic. Because we're always used to even Tyreek out jumping whoever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the other guy gets paid too, right? He's getting paid too. Yeah, he's getting paid too. So, no, great, you know, great interception. But, yeah, to your point, keep, I hope the Chiefs learn from last year's playoffs. you got to keep the, keep the hammer down. Keep the pedal down. Keep pouring points on, you know. Fun to watch. Man, this is so much fun. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about the, the defense. So, finish – Staten mentioned it, 33-27, that it really wasn't that close until the Dolphins decided to put up 17 fourth-quarter points and make it a lot closer. Staten, mm-hmm. even as, as the defense started giving up those points at the end, not that you were getting nervous, but was there any concern about what you were seeing from the defense? For me, I think it tends to be, and I'll, I'll have to go back and watch it again, but it seems to be a pattern of – when we're up by so much, because uh, I mean we were leading by, I mean yeah they they had ten points going into the going into the fourth quarter and we had how remember we had yeah we had 30, thirty yeah it was thirty to ten and so it always feels like we tend to play kind of a prevent defense right that will give up those five to eight yard slants and just hope that we'll stop them in the red zone and um, I I think that might come come to bite us when. You know there are when we are playing other great quarterbacks like like Aaron Rodgers or you know, Russell Wilson, uh, it, it's not going to hurt us too much when we're playing Tua. Um, like you said, Marcus, I think he'll be a great quarterback one day. Right now, he just you know doesn't have the weapons uh, to make those uh, last minute drives count. But uh, I, I, that's one thing I want to hopefully see a change of is you know trust our trust our defensive backs a little bit more to to stay on their man. Uh, I we have I think we have a very underrated defensive backfield, and mm-hmm. I think we need to you know to continue to to be aggressive on defense when we're up because as we can see, you know 
when we're playing soft defense and giving up those short yards, they're able to march down the field and kind of, you know, play their ball. And that's, that really is what Tua, Tua is good about with, is, you know, doing those quick little short passes and, and chipping away at the, at the yards. But um, all in all, I think that uh, our defense did a very solid job, especially with how much they were on the field with the four turnovers that we had, and they were only able to put up, uh, you know, 27 points in total. So I, I think it was a, I think it was a solid all around defensive effort. Marcus, I'm nervous, but we have Mahomes. I look at this defense. That right defensive end position's a it's a mess. And I found myself during the game wishing we had Ogba back. Right on, he's over on the Dolphins. I was like, hey, let's dress him out over here. No pressure when we're just rushing four, and they had three offensive linemen starters that were out. That's a cause for concern. Um, could not cover the tight end. Gasecki looked like Kelsey out there. Uh, until the fourth quarter when he got hurt by Daniel Sorensen. But, I'm, I'm, man, the front seven is a big question mark. We put a lot of money in that front seven. Um, and the secondary is playing very good. I don't know how Thornhill missed that interception on the touchdown pass. We were triple teaming the guy. Thornhill had it right in line of sight, and he misses it, and it goes for a touchdown. But, you know, there are things that we can forgive. You know, I, I think – the holes that are holes have been holes or nothing new, right? Defensive end, linebackers, they've been question marks all year. They're not, we're not going to all of a sudden fix it. Um, although I do not understand how Terrell Suggs has not gotten a call or what have you. That deal should be done. Um, but, you know, it's not going to get fixed in week 15. It is what it is. Um, I would like to see a little more resistance, <laughs> but again, just play complimentary football. Know that the better side of your team is on the offensive side. Acquiesce, right? We finally got something out of the special teams. You know, defense just don't kill us. And and going forward, at least for the regular season, Taysom Hill couldn't beat the Eagles, right? So that doesn't scare me. All of a sudden, that game's not as scary as it was when the schedule came out with the um chargers are done broncos are done you know i don't think we're going to be tested until the playoffs but you know they're they're the chiefs defense will work for what we have and we have to be satisfied with it because it's not going to change um yeah i i agree with you in part with we are spending a lot of money on our defensive line and and i would like to see them step up a little bit more but i i feel like they did a pretty solid job this game. I mean, Chris Jones he had four pressures and two sacks. Um, Tashawn Wharton had four pressures and, and two sacks. Or, sorry, yeah, uh, had four pressures and a sack. Mike Dana had two pressures and a sack. Um, I, I, I think that they're getting, they're getting the pressure there. Obviously, the pressures don't show on stat lines. And like you said, we were, blitz, we were needing to blitz more people. Um, but I, I think that our, our defense is starting to kind of find where 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 everyone plays the best um it's nice having dana back uh, i think he's played a very good oh game. he played great he played um, great I, I, I do want to beat this drum again um i'm so sorry for all the listeners who are tired of hearing his name but is this who is this who you're gonna talk about my main man willie gay jr he he did not play enough sacks to earn the highest graded defender according to pff but if he had gotten enough sacks he would have had he would have been the greatest defend, uh, the greatest, uh, the highest-rated defender that we had. Sacks or? Oh, sorry, yeah, he didn't get enough snaps. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that what I said? You said sacks. Oh, snap sacks. Yeah, I meant snaps. <laughs> if he had gotten enough snaps, he would have been our highest graded defensive player. Um, I did see Neiman come up with a couple, uh, you know, average plays to him, extraordinary. Um, but I, I, I have to keep questioning why we're not utilizing Willie Moore. I don't know if it's because he's still not being able to grasp or but deep down I'm hoping that it's because we're saving him for the playoffs because <laughs> when you were talking earlier about us not being able to like, not being able to cover Mike Jacecki I don't know if I, I mean I, I I have to assume that's why you draft someone like Willie Gay you know he's right. he's a big athletic linebacker and that's something that our line that our other linebackers struggle with is is being able to cover you know athletic tight ends and so I'm not sure if they don't trust Willie yet quite um at the level that you know just keeps playing at but i mean i, I think you got to give him more playing time because he steps up to the plate when he's on the field Staten, are you frustrated neiman is in there to blitz instead of willie gay 100 percent. you might as well just give him a dolphins jersey and put him on the o-line because he does nothing for us i don't know if he's just trying to read the quarterback and see if he can you know get some advantage on some angle, but he, he just runs straight to the line and stands there and, and Willie, Willie crashes when he crashes, he crashes hard and he might not get through every time, but you know, the, a defender is going to pick him up when it came with, I think it was two weeks ago against the, against the Broncos. We had Sorensen and Neiman blitzing on the same side and a def- and a one offensive lineman covered both of them. That is not what should be happening. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, but it goes back to I was watching Trent Dilfer on Colin Cowherd yesterday, and he said, you know, it's a when you're, it's about your floor. And he said, when you take a look at teams like the Chiefs who are one-sided, right? We're an offensive football. All you're asking for your defense is to don't screw it up. And so I think that's why possibly, right, they're not taking a chance on some of these guys because they're not looking for ceiling or action-packed playmaking, just don't screw it up, right? They're looking at the floor, and I, and I do. I think that's why we're seeing more Neiman instead of Gay. I think, um, you know, I think um, Wharton had a great game on the D-line, right? But they're very apprehensive of letting the young guys play a lot because of that floor versus ceiling, you know. Um, Willie Gay covers something wrong. Whoops, guy's gone. Screen pass, touchdown. Now it's an eight-yard gain to the tight end. Willie over pursues or goes for the pick, right? They're, they're, they're bringing these guys along slowly. And I get it. Um, frustrating, but I get it. So is this question out to the two of you? We're in December football. Um, you know, this is, this is traditionally when we kind of look at the teams that are playing well. Uh, I think by and large, most people on the AFC side would think that the bills are starting to peak. Um, the, the Steelers are kind of, they are who we thought they were. Right. Uh, thank you, Denny Green. But <laughs> is it important or is it necessary for us to see the Chiefs start to, I mean, they're piling win upon win, but I, I think it's fair, fair to question. I don't know the last time I saw their A game. I'm, I was having this, this discussion with State, and I'm convinced that we beat the Dolphins with our F game. When when you have four turnovers and do everything that we did, we gave the Dolphins every chance to win, and they couldn't do it. We could beat most. I'm I'm convinced we could beat most of the teams with our B game. Oh yeah. But do you think it's important as we go to the playoffs 
that we start seeing an improvement on the defensive side, that we start seeing consistency on the offensive side, that you know we're not we're not hurting ourselves, which typically contribute to a good team losing to an inferior team. Is it important, Staten, for you to see the Chiefs actually starting to peak instead of just, I mean, and Mahomes is going to win it, but is that is that enough as we get into the playoffs? I think any fan would love to watch. I don't know if I've actually seen the Chiefs have an A game because whenever they have their fantastic comebacks, right, it's because of mistakes that we've made, which doesn't make those, which makes those, you know, a B game or whatever. But the thing that I think makes the Chiefs so powerful, not only, I mean, obviously, obviously their offense, but it's the ability to be able to pop off at any time, right? We can be down by two touchdowns and, and put up 28 points straight. And I think that's where we, we kind of play our best football is when we have the pressure on. Um, And as much as I'd love to watch us, drop a 50 burger on a team you know it could it could happen against the against the falcons their defense is terrible but i i'm not really too stressed about about you know the final scores of these games um i think that when when the when it comes down to it we're a team that wins and we might not win the prettiest um but we you know our track record shows especially with patrick mahomes as our quarterback that it doesn't matter where we are in a game he will he will he'll bring us back and it's i yep. think it'll be very very few times where something goes wrong and we're not able to to, to take home a w great point great point and, and staten chiefs are eight and one in games when they were down by 10 points or more with patrick mahomes a quarterback right he just he just you have that confidence with him now would we love to see us go out and just maul somebody yeah that'd make me feel a lot but it's to me it's not a necessity I, I mean, this is the first time I'm going into the playoffs not worried. I truly believe this team is better than last year. I don't have the data to back it up. I don't have the numbers. Just the eye test. I think this coaching staff is comfortable with this group of players to let them take over. And, David, you and I talk about it all the time. Talent wins. Athletes win sporting events, right? And, and, and you got the best one. It helps when number 23 puts his jersey on for you. Right. And when Air Jordan's doing his thing and he's wearing your jersey, you win. That's how I feel about Mahomes. You know, my only fear is if we do somehow lose in the playoffs, this is going to hurt. We thought the 90s playoff losses hurt. <laughs> Heaven forbid if we lose a home playoff game with this kid. I may cry after the game. Don't expect it, but yeah, it's going to hurt because the expectation's so high. So we'll have the cameras rolling in case we oh. it all. Oh, I hope it never happens. I will ball. Because <laughs> the expectations are just, they're, they're crazy. Now. They really well, 22-1 and one in the last 23 games. Unbelievable. That's, that's SEC-like. Yes. Dominating, you know, it, a, a win is a win, I guess. And I'm finally starting to buy into that, that, you know, winning ugly is a win. That wasn't the case in the 90s when we would win ugly and you knew that, the train was going to stop at some point. But <laughs> the margin for error was so small. Then. Yeah, it was. You know, if, if, if we had Marty and we had four turnovers, that wasn't going to happen. But he yeah. didn't have a quarterback. But I think Staten has shown, or shown me the light that, you know, maybe it is all cotton candy and rainbows. And no matter what happens, the Chiefs are never going to lose again. <laughs> <laughs> 
it'll take a Herculean effort to beat them. And as and you nailed it, David. When I look at the other teams in the AFC, I just don't. Uh, the only team in the NFC that could give us a run is maybe the Saints, led by Drew Brees or Rodgers with the Packers. But man, I, I there's there's a definite, and even the national media is starting to say, yeah, there's a definite canyon between the Chiefs and everybody. Because well, there is. I think, and and we'll kind of close it up here. We'll get you guys' last thoughts. My last thought would be this: is Kind of alluding to what you said, Mark, is if the Chiefs go down short of the Super Bowl, most likely it's going to be because the Chiefs hurt themselves. It it wasn't the Dolphins, other than that one pick that made that was great. You know, Mahomes overthrew five foot eight Hilaire. Uh, the Dolphin defender got knocked down and stood up <laughs> just as as the ball Tip was the getting ball. to Kelsey and collected it. <laughs> It was, it was those kind of things, or, you know, it's going to be a penalty or if we lose, it will be because we didn't play up to our potential and we beat ourselves there. There's not another team who can beat the chiefs. If, if both teams are playing the best of their ability, it would not even be close. We still remember you D Ford. Oh, you're exactly right. Well, let's go get a win this weekend against the Saints. Um, poor Drew Brees, 11 cracked ribs, and it still hurts for him. He may not be back for a few more weeks. Staten questioned that. Staten, tell us what your thoughts Well, I'm just confused because he had a punctured lung as well, and their original diagnosis is that he would be out about three or four weeks, and that's about the same amount of time as a turf toe. I'm like, how the heck is a punctured lung you're going to be out the same amount of time as a turf toe that doesn't make any sense but obviously modern is phenomenal with lungs and terrible with feet ask tyrod taylor right he hadn't been back since well that was not <laughs> they punctured, that was they punctured his lung his train, but... <laughs> they really didn't want that kid to start <laughs> that was an inside job <laughs> all right well marcus as usual it was awesome having you talk chiefs football state thanks for jumping in and we will look forward to getting with everybody after our, our preview of Saints Chiefs coming up. And we look forward to any comments. Marcus, you're awesome. Staten, you're awesome. Guys, we're going to win. Go Chiefs. All right. Now we'd like to welcome special guest Gene, longtime Kansas City Chief fan here in the local Kansas City area. Um, he's ready to talk Kansas City Chiefs football. Uh, talk a little bit about the victory over the Miami Dolphin game. Some of some of his takes based on his perspective and and what he's seen in the past from the Chiefs, and even maybe comparing them to some other teams historically who kind of remind him of 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 what the Chiefs are doing now. So, Gene, welcome to Chiefly Football. It's good to have you. Hey, it's 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 great to be here. I wish Marcus would have been here. I remember the 1997 playoff game we went to and watched them lose. So I'm glad that we're finally a better team and winning playoff games more often than not. <laughs> and the way the way Mahomes keeps pulling us, you know, playing the way he is is kind of defying all logic. So kind of what was your take? Let's start. Let's let's start with the. The Miami game first. So we've never seen Mahomes have a game like that. We've had we had four turnovers, three interceptions, a 30-yard sack, 
um, and still went up double digits at some point during the game and then played what we're what we've typically seen is Chiefs kind of giving up that that big lead and, and making it a little bit closer than it needs to be. And a lot of Chiefs fans are get are, are unsettled by how close some of these games are when they don't think they should be. Well, one thing I'll say is that game reminded me, I was trying to go back and figure out when Mahomes threw three interceptions before. The last time he did that was against the Rams. And this game kind of reminded me of that. It, was, it didn't play the same way. Of course, you know, when that one was just all shootout, everyone scoring left and right, people wide open. I was trying to find Mahomes' worst game. He had three interceptions that game, but he threw six touchdowns. Right. <laughs> so the only thing I ever came back with, the worst game that I saw that Mahomes had was he threw for 185 yards like three times, but we won all three of those games. I would say the one thing I took away from that game is I know I'd mentioned to you before the game started, Mahomes never had a bad game. He's never thrown four t- interceptions and lost by 30. Now, at the start of that game, I thought we were headed to maybe his worst game. But he, he really hasn't had a bad game. And, and this was a perfect case of it. He throws, what, three interceptions, but he throws for almost 400 yards. He throws for two touchdowns. We were up 30 to 10 in the third quarter. So, I mean, yeah, the game got close, but the fans – winning's winning we're 12 and 1 we don't really I think we're just nitpicking on trying to find stuff to to talk about the red zone we were one one for two but we score so much outside the red zone that's not an issue the one other thing I I had seen was a couple of stats I had is Mahomes is 8-0 against top five defenses since he's been playing and the other one was I think this is like his sixth straight game where he's passed for over 315 yards, tying uh, Drew Brees and Rich Gannon. Offensively, I mean, at the start, you know, we, we were kind of sputtering, but I was never – I'm not concerned anymore with the way things start or getting down because I, I like to yell at the TV a lot, and I didn't yell at the TV much at all that game because I just know I'm like, Gene, you don't need to be yelling at the TV anymore because I know we're going to come back and we're not – even if we get far behind – we're in the game, but, you know, as I'm in the game, when they throw interceptions, I'm really upset. But those interceptions were tip passes. I mean, even the, you know, two, he overthrew the second one. But that third one, uh, Xavier Howard went up one-handed and caught it, and he leads the league in interceptions. So right. none of those were that shocking. Yeah, that was – So that was it's just we're not bad. used to Mahomes throwing three interceptions. But he's – you know, he doesn't do it a lot. But I don't mind interceptions. When you pass the ball – turnovers don't kill you not like when we had marty ball where you turn it over two times you lost when you pass the ball like we do in the offense like we do we could turn the ball over 10 times now i don't want to do that it'd still be hard to win the game well that's one I of the was, things that's a, a challenge you know for traditional football fans is you know ball control hang you know turnovers equal losses and mahomes is defying all of that logic and, and so why we continually see Mahomes do Mahomes-like things, it's, it's still hard to wrap our brains around having four turnovers and being up 30 to 10 or having a 30-yard sack and not even th- giving any think thought about it. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to be punting from our two. Whereas 
if you're coaching a little league team and your player does that, you know, you're, you're going to pull that kid off and set, set him on the bench for running backwards for, for 30 yards. But Mahomes can get away with those because when he does something like that, he has the ability to flip the switch, which we're also not used to seeing. A team that can just flip a switch, throw up the points they do, even when they were playing that poorly. Not, now, you mentioned, you know, tip passes and things like that. And if Miami were a better offensive team, which I, I think we'd agree, they're, they're, gonna, they're on an upward trend. Had, had Tua and, and his offense had a little bit more experience, they may have been able to, to turn those into more significant points than they did. That being said, I don't know that there's many teams with the way the Chiefs are playing that are going to put up those points. The Steelers don't have a potent offense that would necessarily take advantage of those. So maybe the Chiefs are just so good that they overcome everything that you traditionally shouldn't overcome in a football game. Well, and something you mentioned when we were watching the game, or you said at like the end of the game, you were like, this is like a D minus an F I would give the Chiefs. Well, that D and F is better than 90% of teams in the NFL. We don't have to play our A game. We can play our C and D game. The other team has to play their best game. And they know right from the start, I knew Miami had to score 30 or 40. And that's that's the only only way you beat the Chiefs because I went back and looked at our scores. When Mahomes loses, he's only lost twice when the other team scored 30. And most times when we lost, we still scored 30. Right. So I knew they were going to have to put up 40 or 30. I also knew Miami was going to have to score either a defensive touchdown or special teams because that's what they're really good at. Their defense really good. Their special teams are really good. We had a return for touchdown on the kickoff. Our special teams dominated that game. I was – I'm not shocked at that because our – not only do we play defense and offense, we do special teams, and I think we're just the best team in the NFL. When we play well, we win. When we do things and make mistakes, that's the only thing that keeps teams in the game. So that's that's. I think that's kind of the nerve-wracking part that most a lot, a lot of Chief fans have, um, and 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 you kind of mentioned it is you know we're just kind of picking apart things because you know if if the defense gives up a bunch of points. Um, towards the to close out a game that's a concern going forward or if the offense stalls out in the red zone consistently for a typical team that's a concern with the Chiefs it's not a concern and it's it's and that's that's mind-boggling we see it we still can't comprehend it doesn't matter what hole the Chiefs put themselves in whether it's penalties or fumbles or whatever it is, they dig themselves out and do it quickly. Can they keep doing that? Well, they're, they're proving they can. And it's, it's not just one way they win. We can, we've proved we win with our offense, we win with our defense, we win with our special teams. That tells you we're not – because a lot of people would say we're all offense. No, 2018 we were all offense. This team, we got offense, defense – and special teams, the only thing we don't do is we should blow out teams way more than we do. And I think that's where the fans get upset. I think Chiefs fans in general, we're lo- used to losing playoff games because of our past. But that was before Patrick Mahomes. We will not lose games like Alex Smith up 35 to 10 or 
if we got down 24 nothing, we know with Alex Smith we would have lost that game. And he didn't play good in the playoffs anyway. The difference here is not only do – I'm not used to having the best quarterback because that's what I always wanted. I always liked Joe Montana and Dan Moreno on other teams. Or even when I was younger, my favorite teams were the Cowboys, Steelers, those things. We've never had the best quarterback or the best team. I kind of like having both because the last two years we've got the best quarterback. We know we got the best quarterback. And we know we've got the best team. And so, now we just got to take advantage. So with based, based on what you're seeing on the offensive production, you kind of mentioned some of the other teams. And, you know, we said that these guys kind of defy logic with how good they are on the offensive side. What team is, are, are there any teams that stick out in your mind from the past that you could kind of compare them to? Um, basically, there's two teams, and one of these was mentioned. I was watching TV, and Brady Quinn brought this one up, and I, I think it was Trent Delfer or somebody that brought this other one up. First one is Gray's show on turf. That's that's the one offense, the quarterback, because um, Warner's first three years were comparable to Mahomes. One thing Brady Quinn said is we need to come up with a better a, a nickname for the team, like Gray's show on turf. And I was like, we should just do something like Greatest Show on Turf Part 2 or something. Make it simple. And, and, then, and you uh, know what? And because, because that Rams team only won the one Super Bowl, they kind of get forgotten just how potent they were because they were built the same way. Ozakim and their receiver, they were fast. They were built with speed on the outside. Right. The, the, when you compare those teams, they brought up Marshall Falk and we're comparing them to CEH. Yes, Marshall Falk's a Hall of Famer and great, but they both catch and, you know, they can run and they can catch. Now, I'm not saying CH is on Marshall Falk's level, but the difference with that team is, you know, they had a good offensive line, just like we did. They had a Orlando Pace. We had Mitchell Sports. Uh, the defense was pretty good, just like ours. The one difference is, yeah, they had Oz Akeem and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. We have more depth at wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey they didn't have, and he's pretty much a wide receiver. So with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, yeah, we have even more speed than they had. We, we just had – it's the same kind of speed. We just had more of it. But that's why that team compared so much to it. The reason – the other team I was thinking was the 90 uh, 49ers. I was like, well, we have a Joe Montana. But then I was like, nobody can compare to Jerry Rice. But then I'm like, not only do we have Travis Kelsey – Tyreek Hill is the best receiver. He is faster than anybody else. And that's why I was like, okay, that's where he could compare to Rice. I'm not saying he'll put up as big a numbers, but Rice was always the fastest receiver. And that's the same thing with Tyreek Hill. Not that they're just fast. They can catch, they run routes. They're the best receivers. But sometimes I just think with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, we talk so much about Mahomes that sometimes we don't give them the credit. And I think they're going to be Hall of Famers right with Mahomes. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, and and I think we see that from some of those, from some of those really good teams. You know, there there is no question that having a, a Joe Montana and a Steve Young benefited Jerry Rice. So well, it, was, there, it was hand in hand. There was yeah, there's no question that that it, it's a perfect fit for Mahomes to have have a Kelsey and to have you know, a, a Tyreek Hill because their skill sets and, and their cohesion together, you know, makes them what they are. No different than, as you mentioned, the Niners. We've, we've previously mentioned the Cowboys with Eggman Emmett 
and Irvin. You know, it, it's often when when there's when you have a powerhouse team, there's usually three three players, you know, on one side of the ball or the other that that really dictate that. Uh, maybe the exception is Tom Brady and the Patriots because he was doing it with different people all the time. So it's, yeah, we're just lucky and, and able to enjoy, and you kind of hit on it. I don't think Kelsey gets enough kudos with just how good he really is because he is so consistent in delivering huge numbers that the expectation is there. He said he's doing things that the tight ends have not done before. I think I heard a stat too that um, Tyreek Hill is on the greatest receivers scoring touchdowns lane. I think once you get to 20, I think only a few people done it, Randy Moss and those type. And he's probably going to get there because he's been on and he's putting up huge numbers too. He's third in the league, Kelsey's first. And then we got the dude from Seattle. But, yeah, yeah. (laughs) the only thing that's really starting to irritate me, and I'm hearing this a lot, and I just heard it today when they were trying to compare, uh, someone was picked, they were saying Rodgers and Mahomes, who's MVP? And they always come back to say, oh, well, Mahomes isn't as good because of everything around him. I'm like, he's doing things that not many quarterbacks could do. You couldn't go pick. You maybe could pick three quarterbacks right now that could come in and do what he does. But they're kind of slighting him. He's not putting up big numbers. Just I mean, it helps to have those guys, but he's that good. He He's as good as Montana. I mean, I think he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. And that took me three years to come to that because I, it was hard for me to say he was Bear Moreno, Bear Manning. I just think he just has to play long enough to, to have all the records, and I think he'll end up with that. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I know that bothers Kenlock is when they attribute when outsiders attribute a lot of this success to the other skill positions, which which is valid. I mean, they they are it tremendous. And, yeah, and, and that that argument's not going to be able to be proven, you know, for another three or four years from now when when the Chiefs have had to move on from from some of those skilled positions, either through retirement or or cost or something like that. And I'm with you. I don't expect that we will see much of a, of a drop off there that Mahomes will be successful in using whatever weapons that, that he has. What makes the chiefs unique right now is just how good they are. You know, I, I could agree that maybe if, if, if they get, you know, different players in there that aren't of the caliber in, you know, maybe we're not going 15 and one. Maybe we're going 13 and three and winning the division. We're still winning everything, but it's a lot closer than, you know, than, than what it was. Again, kind of going back to the Brady and the Patriots as there was a revolving door with the way the Belichick identified personnel. You know, when he had Randy Moss, they went, they went undefeated in the regular season. Um, but even without Moss, with maybe less skilled players, Brady was pretty successful there. And I think that's what we're hoping to see from Mahomes. And like you said, you can't penalize him for making the most of what he has around him. Well, it's just, I mean, it, it just irritates me with Tom Brady. They don't say he's doing it because he has Randy Moss. Joe Montana wasn't because he had those. They were clutch and did that stuff. And that's what Mahomes does. He does everything there. It's just, 
I don't know. Sometimes I think people just are tired of talking about Mahomes, so they <laughs> want, they don't want to say, you know, they just want to nitpick stuff. But but it was just someone had said that Aaron Rodgers should be MVP because he has less weapons. I'm like, he's got Devontae. But, you know, part. but I'm like, Mahomes and Rodgers aren't much different. They're the same. I mean, they're in the same level. Right. So, but I just, I, I just, I never heard that until now, and I constantly hear that. And it makes it sound like you could just plug in any quarterback. And then we know you can't because Alex Smith wasn't winning Super Bowls. Yeah. He had the same team. Yeah. He, he couldn't win. I mean, he couldn't win playoff games with. So we know he makes a huge difference. But your team wins Super Bowls, not your quarterback. Dan Moreno learned that. And even Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, they only won one. And so when fans were sitting there expecting to win a second Super Bowl, I'm like, we may never win another one. That Rams team won one. And if you remember that second Super Bowl, they got upset by who? Tom Brady, when they didn't know he was that good, and he won his first Super Bowl. Now, that was more of a defense that won that game, but that was the start of the Patriots dynasty. But it's and still a lot easier to win games when you have the best quarterback on the field. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we know that to be true, uh, and we've talked about it many times on this show from the 90s Chiefs. Where we oh, yes. Defense. And Marcus is always – I know what you're going to – Marcus always says, and, and that's like I heard that all through the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So with 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 that victory over Miami, the Chiefs currently sit fifteen and one, number one seed, three games left. Um, we we have the Saints coming up. Um, I'm not sure if Breeze is in. I haven't heard the latest if Breeze is playing yet or if it's still Taysom Hill. Followed by the Falcons, uh, who've kind of shaken off how bad they started. How how they just kept losing games at the last at the last second and then and then the chargers who i i believe are just being totally um underutilized that that skill set and i and i really believe eric Bieniemy may end up in san diego if the chargers are smart that would be a great pick to to get somebody of of his offensive caliber who also knows your division and knows what would be your enemy at the time. So, so where do you see this, this playing out? Uh, how are the Chiefs going to finish off these last three, three games? Well, one, one other thing I want to mention about the Miami game on our de- defense and special teams, because we seem to always talk about the offense because they're that good. But we had four turnovers, which Miami has a good defense, so I wasn't shocked at that. But, you know, we had, we're having troubles with sacks and that stuff, but we had four sacks had an interception in the safety. So not only when we were turning that ball over, Miami only had three points off turnovers. And yeah, when we're was, turning the ball over, you better be scoring sure. touchdowns. Because I've heard all these ways how to beat the Chiefs running the ball, doing this and that. No, you, if you run the ball, whatever you do, you better score a bunch of points. And we've seen some teams, and one thing our team does that puts so much pressure on you, you have to start thinking you got to score 30 or 40. And most teams aren't built like that. And then we even have teams that are like that and still worry about scoring enough. But it's our defense, Frank Clark, our secondary, Tyron Matthew. I mean, he's got six, five, six interceptions. He's third in the league. So our defense is playing really well. And then I just want to mention our special teams has always been pretty good. I thought we were getting a lot of penalties and not doing a lot of stuff. But I noticed uh, our kicker, our punter, he was averaging 50 yards a punt. And that we was had a the nice change. Huh? <laughs> and we, sh- but what I was surprised about is how much we shut down Miami. 
because mm-hmm. Miami is an up-and-coming team. I mean, they thought they were tanking last year, but at the end of the year, I saw how hard they were playing. They beat New England in that game, so I'm not surprised where they're at. And they have two number one picks coming this year that they got from the from Pitts or from yeah the Mika Fitzpatrick trade. And Blind Flores, so they're going to be very coach. good. I'm, I I yeah. like him. I like that guy. Finally, a disciple of Bill Belichick that actually might be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No. Agreed. Agreed. So. Yeah, well, let's let's kind of we're going to wrap up this segment. So let me let me get your thoughts on how you see the the rest of the season playing out. What what what's your pick uh, against? How do you think the the Chiefs and the Saints go down? Basically, I was thinking that if we beat Miami, we can afford to lose to um, New Orleans. I think we're going to lose one more game this year. Maybe we'll be at least fifteen, fourteen, two. We'll probably be. 15-1, it all depends on the New Orleans game. Sometimes the Chargers or Atlanta could bite us, but that was with an Alex Smith team. With the Chiefs, I think we get past New Orleans, we're going to be the number one seed. Where I think we'll go in – I think this might be the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay game, I don't think so. It, I think it's either going to be the Chiefs. Um, I thought it was going to be the Steelers. People were talking about the Bills, but I think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl unless – Somehow we play these close games and we get upset or if Derrick Henry goes off and we can't stop it or, you know, they, Tennessee beats us. I think Tennessee's the only team that has beat us before and might give us trouble, but I think we're going to outscore everybody. Uh, New Orleans, maybe the Rams um, will we'll get there. I don't think Tampa Bay's making it because um, Green Bay and, and, New Orleans, I think, are the two best teams, and I think the Rams have a shot. Uh, Tampa Bay, they'd have to upset people, and they're going to be on the road, and I think they got a tough stretch, and I don't think they're playing well enough to get there. So basically, I think the Chiefs just got to get that number one seed, and like in past years, where just make sure we win with that number one seed, because every time the Chiefs have had number one seed, because we didn't have number one seed, we had number two last year and got the bye. But we got the number one seed, and and, you know, that playoff game I went to, we were the number one seed and lost to the Denver Broncos who were the wild card, but they went on to win the Super Bowl. Right. But we didn't have the quarterback, and we didn't have the – we had a good team, but Derek Thomas was our best player and, and, and Tony Gonzalez, but we needed the quarterback, and we ran the ball too much with that team. So I just want to finish off the number one seed. I think we'll win the Super Bowl. All this worrying about – the points and stuff, we don't lose. We haven't lost since that Tennessee game from last year. We're like 22-1, and and I'm like, people quit complaining. We don't lose. Who cares if it's close? Which is insane. That's like Alabama or or It it is. (laughs) And that's crazy for the – Collegiate-level success. (laughs) Yeah, and that's crazy for the NFL. It is. I mean, we've won five division championships in a row. Um which I, I think has only happened for several teams. Uh, I don't think the old Chiefs teams do, and I think only a handful of teams have done it. That's pretty incredible. But when you start winning at this level, your expectations get too high. But I just don't think we should act like we're New England in a dynasty until we win a couple. But I actually told somebody, I think by 2030, we're going to have six Super Bowl <laughs> Because I think that Mahomes is going to be like Jordan and Montana. He'll go to a few – he doesn't have to go to very many Super Bowls, but he's going to win every one he, he, go, he goes to because he's that – he's in that kind of level. Yeah. 
Nope. Agreed, agreed. Well, Gene, it was wonderful having you here part of, of Chiefly Football. We'll have to get you on here again. Uh, maybe after some of these other games take place, we'll get you back on here and, and get your get your input. Awesome. Sure, Al. Yeah, and let Ken Lock and State know I'll, I, I need to do one with them too. So I know. They'll, you have to get after the young guys. Oh, well, no. The one thing I'll get on them, they got to remember before Mahomes, how many times did we go to the playoffs? How many times did we lose? Every time, one and out. So he's got to realize it's going to take Chiefs fans that have been through that, that the playoffs still give us the yips. Now I think Mahomes is going to change that, but he's only <laughs> done it for one year. So we can't forget those, you know, how many bad losses we had. I mean, we find every way to lose. And Andy Reid was even part of that. His first four teams with Alex Smith blew a 35-10 lead. He was the coach then. Right. We lost to, you know, Pittsburgh and Tennessee in real close games that we should we were we should have won one of those but that was same with marty we could not win a playoff game and we had the teams that should have made the super bowl they just or do something in the playoffs but they never could do that but do mahomes that. is the difference <laughs> and andy reed i mean we've got the best coach but i think marty was as good as andy reed but he couldn't get to the super bowl and andy reed still had to win a super bowl for them to give him the credit which i think he was a hall of famer anyway well, well, Marcus calls the combination. Marcus calls Andy Reid Marty until he won the Super Bowl. They were the same guy. Well, so the only difference is Andy Reid did go to one Super Bowl. Yeah, lose. but he lost it. He got there. <laughs> but yeah, he never, the difference here. But he never had a quarterback really either. He just did the best with. Well, him. McNabb was pretty good. Yeah, but he made McNabb. Similar right, but but McNabb was, was really good. Alex. And and he was good with the offense and their defense. But this team's similar to that the one thing that will keep Andy Reid coaching for 15 20 years he knows he's finally got the quarterback that he's going to win a bunch of Super Bowls with well Bruce Arian said Andy's going to coach till he's 80 <laughs> when you have a quarterback this good you're not going anywhere right we're going to close this episode out thanks for joining us Gene and uh, anytime we'll, we'll, we'll talk at you soon thank you for listening to another Chiefly Football please like us subscribe and comment. We love to hear from Chiefs Kingdom and football fans everywhere. Until next time. Hey, how about those Chiefs?